Welcome to the Finance Podcast, where Dave and I talk about all things finance. So let me ask you the first question, Dave, for today. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced during and after the 10 events? Yeah, I think during the 10 event, it was mostly how do you strike the perfect balance between saying enough about yourself to get noticed versus you know, not saying enough and you know, kind of just being in the background. So I felt like the best is just to listen very intently onto what everybody else is saying so that when the time comes, you can kind of follow on to the conversation, right? Don't just think about questions that you want to ask and then just completely ask out of the blue and off topic. You kind of want to roll with where the conversation is going. And that shows that, you know, you know how to keep a conversation going. So, you know, like it doesn't have to be anything planned, but, you know, have, you know, some guidelines regarding what information you would like to learn from these sessions. And then I found it best to just piggyback off somebody else's questions. Somebody asked about like, for example, how many groups are there within your office? You can ask one level deeper, you know, within that one segment, how many like MDs or VPs do you have? Or like, um, you know, what's the deal flow like been there? Um, Just as an example. Right. I think one of the things I noticed during the 10 events, uh, at least during the prior two weeks, so far is that people are not listening during the presentation. I think I even made that mistake the first day where they would mention something about their background. Let's say they're in tech and you go up and ask them, you know, what, what industry are you in? Basically, clearly you didn't hear them during the presentation. And so that's, that's one of the things I, I noticed is really pay attention and really be an, an engaged listener. Right. Exactly. Um, when you can write some stuff down, but also don't hold a notebook to their nose and then write things down in front of them. Just kind of strike a balance and use good sense. Also, it doesn't have to be banking specific stuff. You know, like these guys, they talk about work all day. It's really nice for them to, you know, talk about themselves as well. If you know that they have some interest in, you know, skydiving or whatever, you know, you can talk to them about that, right? If, the conversation kind of dries up and nobody's asking any more like banking questions. Just be like, Hey, like I, I saw that you were doing this. I also did this once, you know, make it fun. These guys want to know that, you know, you're a cool guy that you or girl um, and that you can hang out with each other 17 hours a day. So it certainly helps. And then after the 10 events, did you send out the thank you emails immediately or did you wait a little bit? Yeah. Well, I always send it out um, sooner rather than later. If I don't want to meet right away, I'll still say, hey, it's really nice meeting you. Do you mind if I reach out in like another two weeks? Mm-hmm. And then, no, that's always fine. And some of the advice that I got at least uh, was you know, keeping it to one or two sentences, basically staying above the reading line, right? Because they only want to read a line or two at most. Yeah, exactly. Um, no fluff. Don't do like the generic, like, it was so nice to meet you today. You're it was really nice hearing about what you said. And like, this is like, don't do that. Like if you read it and you feel like it's bullshit, then you know, they're obviously going to think it's like pretty bullshit. Um, Just keep it short to the point. And you know, I think that's the best. And the other bit of advice was to not force any emails onto anyone that you didn't talk to. Did you ever email, you know, because the one thing I noticed at least in the 10 events we've been at so far is that, you know, at least five bankers have showed up if not more. And within the hour of networking, there really isn't enough time to talk to everybody in a meaningful uh, way. So would you say, you know, only email the people that you really connected with or would you email everyone? Absolutely. Because if they 
don't even remember you or, or, you know, you didn't even meet them, then from a banker's perspective, I get this email like, all right, I never met this person. Like, like why, why are you emailing me? Right. But it's much better to have somebody that you really hit it off with. That person knows you, they're rooting for you. Right. And then once you do a coffee chat and then it goes well, they will refer you to the next person. Right. And you don't have to meet everybody from the office to get a first round interview. You just have to meet like five, six people. So go with that one person that you feel like will go to bat for you and then just make sure you make a really good impression because that person will probably be the one championing you throughout the process. Absolutely. And following up on that, I know there has been some mixed advice in terms of setting up the coffee chats. I know at Haas, especially we are requesting or actually requiring students to do two mock coffee chats before they reach out to any bankers for coffee chats, correct? Right, right. I think for that, it's more of a, you know, we want to make sure that everybody um, adheres to, you know, at least the baseline that's expected from Haas students. Obviously, like if you've done banking before and you know exactly what you're doing, then probably that doesn't apply to you. But if you're from another industry, you're not sure what to do, always check in and because it could just save yourself a lot of embarrassment. Yeah, it makes sense, especially with uh, with the banks that you want to really get into. Yeah, and, and just say that like anybody is like stupid or anything. It's just that like this process is new to everybody, and this is a very difficult process, right? Um, it's something that you've never done before, and then so like a lot of these banks, you say one wrong thing and you're out. And so like if you know I was recruiting and I did recruit, like it's best to be really really cautious and conservative. Just off the top of your head, what are some do's and don'ts for coffee chats? Uh, well, I think it was mentioned um, in an email through IBSS, like never ask the banker to come to you. That's like a huge no. Just put yourself in their shoes, right? You're like a super important. And what are some things that you might want to see through a kid that's reaching out to you, right? Because you obviously want to make their lives easier, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever way you can do that is probably best practice. Um, so when you reach out, Make sure you state what you want very clearly, like you're looking for a coffee chat or what, and then maybe give some times. And then uh, very short bullet points to the point, I have these slots open, let me know what's good for you. Got it. So it sounds like it's better to propose windows of time throughout the week than just leaving it open and asking them, you know, when are you free, right? Yeah, so you can, I, I mean, if the times don't work for them, they will propose new times, right? Mm-hmm. So try to pick like a two hour window, three days, right? So say Monday, I'm free from one to three, uh, Wednesday from two to four, right? And then something for Friday, something like that. And then if they obviously don't have time, what what do they usually respond? Like, are you free Tuesday from this window to this window? Is that their typical response? Yeah, they'll give some times for you if they're not, if they can't do it. That's, uh, I think that's really helpful for the emails. Also, when you're scheduling, mm-hmm. make sure you don't give one bank a lot of slots. For example, you have three people and then you have three time slots per person. That's nine time slots. Right. If another bank comes along, your schedule is already te- jammed up with tentative meetings and then you're going to have less and less. So just be very cognizant of that. Like how, how do you want to spread out meeting the banks? How many people do you want to meet at the same time? Because one mistake that I made was... You know, I'd go to a trek at a bank, meet like five people, and then try to reach out to three and schedule like nine slots per person tentative. 
So that was a big no-no. Um, and just, you know, think about it ahead, plan it out. Um, a lot of recruiting is in the strategy. So you want to think about it before you do anything. What about in terms of your story? I think that one of the things that I was constantly advised on was it was better to, you know, less is more, right? Yeah, I, I think this is a problem that everybody has. So like, you know, like your stories will be refined from now all the way until your first round interview, right? And if you're not refining, then you're doing something wrong. Um, but basically what they're looking for is something that's very simple to the point, high level bullet points, right? On what you did, why you came to Haas, and then hopefully it's because you wanted to do tech banking. Um, what did you do throughout Haas to, to position yourself? And then, you know, why banking makes sense for you. Right. Right. If you can get through that very clearly without somebody asking, you know, you for clarifications, then mission accomplished. Right. If somebody has to keep asking, okay, I don't really understand this part or that part, then, you know, like you're off to a bad start already. So you want to really be, you want to be your biggest critic. Right. Right. And then just put yourself in another person's shoes and see if you can, you know, polish it up more and then go to your peers too. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, STAR structure? STAR is typically used in behavioral interviews, but when you're talking through a banker, you could very well ask you, like, what did you work on, on like, in your last job? Like, give me one example. So when that comes up, the worst you can do is to kind of ramble on about, like, any one part of your story. Because, you know, STAR, if you're not familiar, is situation, task, action, result, right? Don't spend a lot of time on the situation. Don't spend a lot of time on the action. The response should be around 30 seconds, right? Very clearly say, you know, what was the situation? Give the context. What was the task that you had to do? How did you do it, right? What was the action? And then what was the result, right? Just make it very, very clear. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, something that I used to do was um, I would actually type all this out, put it into bullet points, and basically keep going through the bullet points until I can shorten it more and more. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's so. My way. action used to be like a paragraph, and then by the end, I had it into probably, you know, like thirty words, wow. one bullet point. Okay, that's uh, that's a great way to shorten up and you know make your experiences and stories uh, more succinct. I think one thing I've noticed, and I would tell other people, is to have really try to have fun. You know, the bankers there are, you know, they're they're taking a break from their day, and the last thing they want is to be uh, around a bunch of stiff people. Right. Yeah, it's. I would say like ten events is more about looking at. It's more them looking into your interpersonal skills. Right. On like it's it's less on banking, and more of can I see this person as a partner? Right. Or a or MD one day. Yeah. Right. And if you're stiff, you're like insecure, or you're not interesting, then off the bat, it's like is banking even for you? Right. Mm -hmm. There is a certain personality that succeeds in banking. And, you know, when they're hiring an analyst, they can find somebody that just is really good with numbers, but they're not going to do that with associates, right? Because the idea is associates don't have the exit opportunities that analysts have. Associates are supposed to stay, mm -hmm. right? So if you think about it like that, they're looking for the future leaders. And once you make it to the top in banking, you're essentially a salesman. And if you can't sell anything, then why would they hire you? Right. That's really great advice. Thank you so much, David. 